Hello everyone, I'm Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have where you are. This is episode 224 and this is a practical show done by a pretty practical guy. And that's me. Well, the release date of this is going to be, guess what, Friday the 13th of September. But, you know, I don't believe too much in all that superstition stuff. I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Have you ever looked at survivalism as a corporation? Well, I sort of have looked at it this way, but I didn't really get as in-depth as my guest coming up. Uh, This is really not an interview. This is a guest podcast that Mexican Joe, who listens to this show regularly, and he's contributed regularly with uh, quite a few interviews and awesome interviews and awesome forum posts and everything. He and Super Dave have done a good job. Uh, Joe sent this to me. And at first, when I saw the title, I got to be honest, I said, hmm, Preppers as a Corporation? But then when I listened to it, I thought, wow, this is good. This is very well thought out. It's very well thought out and very well put together. I work for a major manufacturing corporation. As a matter of fact, I have worked for two different ones in the last 14 years. And what Joe says here is right on. I mean, he's he's got it nailed. It's it's exactly the way that that corporations and manufacturing corporations expect, especially it's the way that they work. And he he does a great job of applying it to preps. Now, I've always been a big fan of running your family as if it's a business. That's kind of what I've always been a big fan of. Because if you run your family like a business, in other words, if you think about all the financial ways that a business is supposed to run, right? businesses are not supposed to spend more than they make. right? Only the government does that. (laughs) And unfortunately, our government does it way too much, which causes a whole... Another set of problems, obviously, but a business that wants to sur- wants to survive shouldn't spend more than they make for any length of time. Well, you got to run your family the same way. Families don't spend more than what you bring in every month. I mean, I said this before; I'll say it again. Do you want the very simple formula, the very simple secret to financial success? I just gave it to you: spend less than you bring in. And some of you might say, well, I'm not bringing much in, Bob. I'm, you know, kind of unemployed or whatever. Yeah, I get it. I've been there. I've done that. Okay, I've, I've been in situations where I didn't know how I was going to buy my next meal, folks. That's, I've been in that situation in the past. I've lived that before when I was quite a bit younger. I made a decision that once I got out of that, I was never going to go back to that lifestyle ever again. You can make adjustments. You can make adjustments. Do not spend more than you bring in. If you're living the kind of lifestyle that's causing that, change your lifestyle. That's the first step. How are you ever going to be able to prep if you don't have much money? It's not easy. It can be done, but it's not easy. And you got to have some disposable income to be able to be 
what I consider well prepared. You have to have some disposable income. You can't do it all for free, and you can't do it all on a shoestring budget. I mean, you got to have some money. So at some point, you're going to have to have the discipline and the fortitude to say, we are not going to be spending any more than we bring in. It's why I drive a 12-year-old, not quite 12-year-old, Honda Accord with 135,000 miles on it, which I'm sitting in right now, enjoying some windshield time talking to you. It's why both of my vehicles are paid for. Yeah, I could go down to a car dealership tomorrow and sign the papers for a nice new car and a pretty decent car. I could probably go buy a, get a good deal on a 2013 Camaro, which I would love to have. But then I'm stuck with that big payment every month. And it would get closer. It would, it would force me to get closer to spending more or even as much as I bring in. Okay, my goal is 85%. I only want to spend 85% of what I bring in. I'll be honest. We're actually a little bit over that right now. We're spending a little bit more than 85% of what we bring in. We're trying to shrink that. Now, if you're thinking of prepping as a corporation, there's two ways you can do that. There's two ways that you can structure your finances so that you don't spend more than you make. One way is to cut your expenses. The other way is to increase your income. The preferred way is to do both. Well, people say, well, Bob, job market's tough. How do I increase my income? Find another way to make money. So I'm going to add to something that Joe didn't cover in this podcast, but find another way to make money. Find an, a secondary income source. You know, if you can't find one, create one. Create one on your own. I've been able to do that a little bit with podcasts and firearms training and internet memberships and things like that. I've been able to do a little bit of that. Uh, it's taken me a while. It's taken me over three years to build this up, but I got it to where I'm making some extra cash. Not much. I don't make as much doing this as you might think. It's certainly not a livable income. It's just a supplement to what I already earn. And, and I like to think that I give more than I actually receive. And that's the other key. But if you're going to treat your preps as a corporation, if you're going to treat your prepping as a business... I really believe it begins with finances, and Joe didn't cover that much. But anyway, here comes a great guest podcast. This is a guest podcast. And by the way, if any of you ever want to do this, if you want to submit a guest podcast to today's survival show, I would welcome it. Uh, some some of you have. Maybe you don't have the ability to get on an interview with me, but maybe you got the ability to do like Joe did and submit some of your ideas and your thoughts. This is really good. It's well thought out. Here we go. Well, Mexican Joe here with a, another podcast I'm helping out with. Uh, just something that I had kind of been thinking about was I like to take different prepper skills or conversations and break them down to a level that people can understand them. Um, just breaking down analogies, I guess. Um, I've been doing that for years since I was in the service. There were training issues in the service that I personally was having problems with. And so... Uh, the instructor would break it down to a level I needed to understand it, and then I got all levels of it. It was pretty cool. Uh, once you understand the lower level and you get a grasp of a subject, uh, the more intense or uh, I guess it would be 
technical things make more sense. So, uh, here's one I've got for you. Uh, being a prepper is very similar to being uh, the CEO of a corporation. And I, I really hope that this really drives home with a bunch of different people uh, on a bunch of levels. Um, and I just kind of came up with the analogy of a manufacturing facility. Um, just somebody that makes something, whether it be bottled water, clothing, transformers, shoes, I don't care what it is. Um, there's multiple different facets of that business. Okay, now each one of these facets is something that has to be done, has to be done properly, and has to be done timely and in balanced mode, or the whole thing just goes to hell. Um, prepping is the same way. Um, if you do all, more of one thing than of the other, then you're out of balance. Um, so some of the things that I come up with is some of my, you know, of course you got your beans, bullets, and band-aids, uh, but just having those things is not enough. Um, I've been talking with a guy uh, out of Dallas, Texas, who wants to kind of come out and meet with us and, and get into some prepping stuff, and he's got all of these really great skills. He's got all of this really good training, um, martial arts instructor, so on and so forth, but he doesn't have any preps. It's all just in training. Now, I think that, you know, Bob... You know, he's a real stickler on get the training. I agree, get the training. But you can't eat training. Um, you've got to get beyond that. You've got to have your your water stores, your, your food stores, your weapon stores, your ammo stores, that. But beyond that, um, you've got to be working on other stuff that takes time. Um, if you can, have a garden. I mean, even if you're in a metroplex area have a garden in your backyard grow a few things uh, push comes to shove you know some kind of catastrophe happens you can still eat off of what's in your garden um, rabbits rabbits don't make a lot of noise you can have rabbits and you know eat those if you have to you know I'm rural so I have chickens and rabbits and all kinds of stuff but the theory there is that you got to have all this well balanced amount of things that you're doing uh, you can't just be all about preps and none of the training, and you can't be all about the training and none of the preps. So, I'm going to try to break this down. I hope I didn't go into too much of a tangent there. Um, so, some of the things, again, with prepping is, you know, gardening guns, solar panels, uh, your food stores, cars, trucks, stuff like that. Um, when you're dealing with a company, there's multiple different levels of things you need to do. Um... Of course, to sell your product, you have to have a need. Uh, that's really easy because our need is survivability, sustainability, being able to care for your family uh, when things get tough, uh, when the stink hits the fan. So um, you've got to look at, you've got to be able to bring your some raw product in and turn it into a sellable product. Um, for their manufacturing company, you're going to bring a raw product in and we'll use clothing as a, as a corporation. You've got to be able to bring raw material in. And then you turn around, you take that raw material, you take that thread, you take that sewing machine, and you turn it into a shirt or a pair of pants. <coughs> Excuse me. You're going to do the same thing with prepping. You're going to get that bag of seeds. 
you're going to put it in the ground. You're going to have to till the ground, disc the ground a little bit, get it ready. You're going to have to water it consistently. So you're going to have to do a couple of things to make that work. Um, if it's chickens, you've got to get the chickens when they're little. Um, you have to feed them. You have to protect them. You have to water them. Uh, you have to care for them. And then they're going to turn around and give you a product, uh, which would be eggs and uh, protein. So you see how bringing in a smaller resource and turning it into a, into, a, into a bigger product is just like running a corporation. So you take this small product, you turn it into meat, food, vegetables, whatever. You can also bring that in and say, okay, I'm going to bring in these raw materials, uh, wood, lumber, whatever, and you're going to build sheds, storage sheds, uh, pantries. Uh, you're going to work on your bug out location, stuff like that. Okay, so hopefully you're kind of understood how you take a smaller product at a cheaper price, you turn around, you manipulate that product, uh, build it into something that is a bigger, better product that now you can sell. Uh, you're going to keep hearing that word sell because that's I'm going to show you that one at the end. Okay, so you have to do that. Okay, then you have your people who are going to package it. Okay, so whether it be a shirt or food or whatever it is, they're going to have, okay, you've made this shirt. Uh, it's just going to go in a pile. Uh, okay, now you have to package it. So now you have your packaging people, uh, and your packaging people are going to be canning it, preserving it, dehydrating it. Uh, if it's eggs, you're going to put it in an egg carton. If it's chickens uh, or meat, they're going to have to process it. Um, of course, I'm a big advocate of you don't kill chickens, you get eggs from chickens, you kill roosters. Um, when the feathers are all off and they're cleaned, you can't tell the difference. Eat roosters, not chickens. But somebody has to clean those roosters, and they have to process them, and then they have to you know, rinse them out, get them ready to eat. Uh, whether you freeze them you know, in good times, or you just rinse them, cool them a little bit, and put them right in a pot, or on the fire, really depends on the situation. But again... That's your packaging people. Your packaging people are doing, like I said, you're dehydrating, you're processing of all of that. Packaging people. Okay, so now the stuff has to go onto a shelf so you have your back stock. Um, I can tell you right now that any any company that makes a product, whether it be shirts or cases of water, bottle of water, they have a warehouse full of this stuff so that when they need it, it's there. When they can sell it, it's there. It's a back stock of inventory. Okay, that is going to be your pantry. Your pantry is your backstock of your inventory. Um, you do not want to have your backstock or your inventory of stuff where you can readily get where it's really available. Um, I know that uh, out where I'm at, uh, out here in Northeast Texas, we've got Ozarka Water. It's a water plant, and they bottle water. Um, they have this massive warehouse where they just have pallets and pallets of water. Okay. Every now and then, they have what's called a, a defect pallet. And it could be something like the packages aren't as tight, the labels don't meet their standards, labels may be upside down, who knows what it is. They will take that entire pallet and they will put it up in the employee refrigerator. So you've got all of this water up there for the employees to use as they see fit. I know that some people put it in their cooler and they take it home. Uh, some people just drink it. 
Okay, that would be your home pantry where it's up in the kitchen and you're doing whatever you want to do. You're you know you're using some of your some of your stores. That's fine. That's your regular kitchen pantry and then you've got your stuff that's back in the warehouse on the shelves which is a totally separate pantry that you don't get into and i know that in the water business uh they really are using fifo first in first out uh the pallets of water go in one side so one side is where they put the stuff in the other side of the of these racks are where they pull the stuff out so they're they're transitioning the stuff in and out do the same thing come up with a system to where you put your new stuff in the back pull your old stuff closer to the front uh, and use your FIFO um, okay so we've taken a small product turned it into a larger product we've packaged it packaged it or processed it and now we have just uh, stored it and put it in our pantry okay all of this again very similar to a corporation okay now we have to sell it Okay, how do you sell preps? Well, for most of us, we've had to sell our preparedness and our prepper mindset to our families. So you have to convince your husband, your wife, uh, train your kids. So you're going to have to sell it. So you have to make this appealing. Um, you know, you just like a customer. You have to make it appealing. You have to make the customer want it. Okay, um, different people have different triggers that you can use that are very small things to bring them in. I know that I'm a big fan of whenever I do a long-term food bucket, um, and especially if my kids are around, I like to make sure they can throw some candy in there, and I choose candy that's not, that is heat tolerant, not, I don't have to worry about stuff like that. I mean, you know, no chocolate, stuff like that, but, you know little Pez candies or something hard like that and then put it in the buckets as surprise items and they just think that's cool because that's something for them um, popcorn uh, was another one that somebody had brought up uh, put popcorn in there so that you can have popcorn whenever you know when it gets bad popcorn's a nice motivator so that's one way to sell it it's like hey we're going to make some buckets oh again buckets like yeah what kind of candy do you want to put in okay you're bringing them in um, with your spouse it could be Something they can't live without. Uh, a hot chocolate. If somebody's a hot chocolate drinker, something like that. Um, uh, for most adults, you know, I wouldn't really suggest trying to store beer. Uh, for those of us who are beer drinkers, it just doesn't last. It's got a very short shelf life. I don't know if people realize that. Uh, but you know, if you've got you know wine. Wine in a pantry store is really good. It's been, they've been doing it for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, uh, grain alcohol, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it's brandy, whatever. That stores very well. So that's a way to bring in the adults. Um, just different things like that. And of course, you know, uh, Tabitha over at Thumper Lane, she's got to have her hair color. Uh, so that's her prep. Is her her thing is she's got to have her hair color because even if the world's coming to an end and the zombie apocalypse is coming, she's going to look good. So there's that one. You just got to sell it. You got to be able to sell it to your family. You've got to be able to sell it to your friends if you're trying to create a group, which you should always be having trying to create a group. So now you're trying to sell what you're doing and how you're doing it to your to your friends, to your group, uh, to your extended family. Uh brother, sister, brother-in-law, whatever, uh, mom, kids, however you want to look at it. 
your family group should be a, an integral part because what's going to end up happening anyway is if something happens and the stink hits the fan and of course you've been selling this for a while and so people know you're a prepper they're going to come to your house and I'm kind of on the fence about people coming to your house because if you're my family I really can't turn you away but if you're not coming with anything and you're going to be a drain um, I'm sorry my family has to eat first Um, I've got you know people that I know that love them to death they're great you know do just about anything for them but I'm not starving my children because they didn't prepare so that is a really harsh reality that you're going to have to look at yourself and figure out what you how you want to handle that I would rather try to get them into prepping um, and get them moving that way now all of the equipment that you can get that's all fine I I'm a big stickler on the first thing you need to work on is food because, you know, as more people hit a retreat, more resources are going to come up. Food is one that you are going to need immediately. Food and water. Um, so there's that. If, if you can't eat, you know, if you come into my house and all of a sudden 20 people show up and everybody's going to eat, those are going to be big meals. You're going to go through my food stores very quickly. You better have brought some food. Um, being a ninja kung fu master, I can't eat that, and you can't eat that, and you're basically going to be a day laborer. You know, if I choose that your skills are so great that you are worth keeping around and worth digging into my food stores, you're going to be gardening a lot. You're going to be digging a lot of holes. You're going to be fixing a lot of stuff, and you're going to be doing a lot of guard duty because your skill does not only comes into play at certain times. So keep that in mind that your special ninja skills can't feed your family. And if you know, and everybody in your family is going to be working too. Because one person does not support a family. The whole family has to support itself. Okay. So that gets into sales. So selling you gotta sell your product or your prepper mentality to your family and to your friends and so on and so forth. So there's your sales aspect of it. Okay. So your sales aspect, they go out there and they sell all of this prepper stuff and what you're doing and you get more support. Uh, So now all of a sudden, somebody wants to buy your product. I mean, in in, in a corporate world, you're going to have the end-use customer who's going to want to buy your product. Okay. So what they're going to do is they're going to say, hey, you know, in this case, something happened. We need this product. Now you have to transport that product to the customer. Okay. In this scenario, the logistical side of any corporation is what I call your bug out or your... Actually, that's really pretty much all it is. It's your bug out. If I've got a bug out and go somewhere, if I do not live at my retreat or if I'm at my retreat and have to leave my retreat, I have to have the vehicle and the equipment to get all of my stuff out so uh, if you're let's say live in my case people live in the dallas metroplex area they have to get out well they have to make sure they have a vehicle that is good enough to get out their entire family out and as much of their stuff as possible has to get out okay that's your logistics your delivery side of your corporation okay now Here's something not a lot of people know, is that once your warehouse is full, people, and FEMA's real good about this as well, 
they have staging areas where they will stage product farther out or closer to the customer, to the end-use customer, or just they're out of warehouse space and they may even have a second warehouse, okay? That, to me, is once you get to where you have, let's say you know you can carry X amount of stuff in your vehicle, your preps, not to mention your clothing and family and animals and whatever else. So you've got a, you know, an X vehicle, it will hold X amount of stuff. Okay? That X amount of stuff needs to be able to hold you over for at least a couple of weeks. Okay? Now, anything over X amount of stuff that you can get in your vehicle and get away with needs to be staged. It needs to be staged at your bug out location. So, every month or whatever it is that you decide, if you've got this stuff, and, and that's equipment, that's food, that's water, that's everything else that goes with prepping, it needs to be staged at your retreat, if at all possible. Now, if you don't have a retreat, then you, that's a little harder, uh, and you have to work that out and kind of search out and find and plan a, you know, a retreat. And when you do find somebody that is out there a little farther, that you know is, is not in a downtown area or whatever, you know, then you need to make sure they know that they they are your retreat, or ask them if they can be your retreat, and then you have to help them as well. It's not just about hey, you know, my uncle Bob lives, you know, in the next state, you know, out in a rural area, and I'll just go there. Well, if you've never gone there to help him with anything, you don't have any of the skills that he's going to need. And, you know, all of a sudden you're going to go out there and you're going to start eating his chickens, you know. Hey, in the summer, why don't you go out and visit him and go, hey, let's go to the feed store and we'll get you some more chickens. And you buy $20, $30 worth of chickens, you know, a couple bags of feed, something like that. Help him to help you. Okay, people think that they can just go to somebody's house and live off of their resources it really doesn't work that way and that's going to really not get you invited to stay you know if if something happens so keep that in mind you know so your staging area needs to be properly prepared so uh make sure they know that they are your bug out location um i'm dealing with idiot drivers right now sorry about this um so Make sure they know that they're your stage, that they are, you know, that they're your bug out location. You want to stage some stuff there, so that if something happens, you go there. You can go there with what you have in your vehicle, and when you get there, you've got your own stockpile of stuff. Uh, so that's 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 your logistical side. You got to make sure your vehicle works right. You got to make sure, uh, you know, that you can get it all there, or at least as much as possible. Uh, I'm gonna pause this real quick. Okay, I'm back. Um, okay, so you've got to make sure they know you're that they are your bug out location. You've got to help them. You have to stage your stuff there in corporate wide. This would be uh, an outside warehouse, a staging area, uh, something a little closer to them. Um, some people talk about having a bug out location across the country, and they could stage stuff here and there. I'm not a big fan of that because let's say you happen to bury something off some bridge off to the side who knows what the state's going to do or the county and they can turn around and extend that bridge and dig it up with a dozer and you just lost all that money I'm not a big fan of that 
Okay, so logistically, you've got to be able to get your car, vehicle, whatever, get your stuff, get your family, get out of there. Okay, so now logistically, you can take your stuff to your end customer. Your customer is you and your family, I guess, you know, is a better analogy. Your customer would be your family. So you take all this and you get it out there, and now you can work with it. Um, so that is why I think using a... A manufacturing business is a really good analogy of being a prepper. Uh, you've got to take your raw material, your product, turn it into a, into a bigger, better product, which is your preps, and put it out there. Um, every corporation I've ever seen, I'm going to pause this again real quick. Okay, I'm back. Okay, so you've got to take your product, you know, from beginning to end now, you've got to take your raw product, uh, it's a raw material, clothing, water, whatever it may be, uh, turn it into a better product, uh, so your raw material would have been, you know, seeds, eggs, chickens, whatever, um, buckets, uh, just raw food you buy at Sam's or Costco or whatever and turn it into long-term food, and you turn it into, into more product. Uh, you've got to store that product, which is your preservation, your long-term food storage, your pantry, um, your, your safe in some cases, uh, and then you've got to turn around and you've got to sell that product to your family, your friends, whoever you're trying to get into prepping. And then you've got to get your product to your end customer, which is theoretically you, your family, uh, and so on and so forth in, you know, a, a, in a scenario. So you can see how much how all of this being a prepper and bring a corporation is very similar. Uh, now, one of the things that I like to tell people is to be a well-balanced prepper, uh, just like a companies are well-balanced. And corporations really kind of drive me nuts when they do this, especially if I'm attached to them in some way. Is that every four or six months they change a protocol that has been working fine. Uh, and they're trying to make something even better than what it already is. Um, it drives me nuts, but on the prepper side, it really works well. Okay, uh, and I'll give you a couple of analogies: is never stop moving forward, never stop expanding your education and your training. So always be learning. So this is kind of the flip of people who have all this knowledge but don't know how to use any of it, have never used any of it, and don't have anything they're doing with it. Where this is the flip side of, I've got all this stuff, and I've got I've got some good knowledge, but, you know, some good knowledge is not as good as more good knowledge. So keep training, keep moving. Okay? Um, I'm going to give you a couple of really quick scenarios here, a couple of different ideas of how people have changed my mind on things or expanded my view. Um, one is uh, Tabitha over at Thumper Lane. She likes flowers. She's a girl. She's really funny. Um, I I was always on the adage that if I can't eat it, I don't want it. Well, she started showing me a bunch of plants, and some of these are flowers that uh, are herbal, and they can be used for medicinal uses. There's also some others, and I believe the one that I'm trying to remember, I think it's echinacea, is a plant and it really throws a lot of iron into the dirt so if you're trying to grow plants and you need something that's going to put more minerals in the dirt 
uh, echinacea is one. Also, if your chickens are over and they're eating that, or your rabbits are eating that, or your deer are eating that, this is your meat on the hoof, or meat on the paw, however you want to look at it. If they're eating that, their iron is going through the roof. Okay, well, that's excellent. And in Tabitha's defense, they got pretty flowers. So great. And it's a weed. Okay, so she's changed my mind on that. I've gotten training. I've expanded my my theory on something that I didn't want to do, that I was kind of against. It was kind of a, against my, it was a waste of my energy to have flowers. Well, maybe not. Maybe some stuff is worth it. Um, also, uh, there are people out there who uh, raise bees. If you have bees, you kind of need fl- flowers. It's something for the bees to eat. Uh, they're going to go in there and eat the nectar, which is going to pollinate the plants and so on and so forth, giving you honey. Okay, so that's one. Another one is Bob and the 380. I am not a big fan of the 380 ACP. Uh, haven't been for quite a while. It's just when I got into guns back in the uh, early 90s and when I was in the service, it was just not a good enough caliber. Uh, well, since then, uh, I agree with what Bob says. Um, a couple of things have happened there. One, the 380 uh, ammo has gotten a lot better. Um, the guns are not as small, and they have a higher capacity. Uh, they're very good little backup guns. I would not carry a 380 when I could carry a 45 or a 9mm. But Bob's favorite thing for me is it's better to have a 380 in my pocket than a 45 in my safe because I can't do anything with it if it's in my safe. But if it's in my pocket, I can, I can use it. So that's a really good way of thinking about that. So always be training, always be expanding. Um, we don't all have the answers to all of this stuff. Uh, we don't even know what the scenario is going to be. You know, we have indicators that it could be this and it could be that and it could be six other things. We don't know. So just keep that in mind and expand and talk to your friends, get other ideas. Um, nobody, nobody is right on everything. Uh, as far as gardening, yeah, you can say, well, this works for me. Well, that's great. That doesn't work for me for whatever reason. It's just a different technique. Um, again, don't get all bent out of shape about your way is the right way. Um, there are many different ways to do many different things. You want to learn as many different ways as you can. Um, I can put that analogy into shooting. You know, there's four or five different shooting stances. Uh, you've got to grab the one that works for you. Um, weapons, how many different kinds of handguns and rifles are there? You've got to get the one that works for you and works in your budget. Um, gardening. Uh, I've been disking and tilling and all this and planting gardens, and my gardens, they're, they're kind of my thing that I fight with all the time because I'm still trying to get my property figured out as what's going to work best. Um, then you get over to... Uh, some other people and they do food forests and permaculture you know uh, so that's just another form and another way of doing gardening so keep that in mind that not everybody doesn't know everything and everything does not work for everybody uh, so keep your keep an open mind about that um, so I hope this has kind of helped some you know kind of take analogies and play with them as, and see how they work towards prepping I mean uh Another good one that just kind of popped into my head is uh, if you're prepping and you're trying to build your preps, is like raising a child. You're trying to raise a child to become a productive adult. Well, you're trying to 
you know, build your preps to be there for you for whatever ends up happening. Um, you're going to learn, you know, with your child as you grow and as your child grows that this works here and this doesn't work there. This worked this time, this doesn't work now because the child's older. Same thing. Um, this prep worked this way back here and now it doesn't work anymore because now something in my in my life has changed so it doesn't work anymore um, a really good one there is I have recently found a cheaper easier way to do my food storage buckets um, whenever I, I do my long-term food storage in five gallon buckets and I seal them and on certain items I use gamma lids because uh, some I'm going to be getting in and out of you know when when I need to get in there I've been using dry ice, and the problem with dry ice is it's $14, $16 a block, and if everybody doesn't come out with their buckets, I've got this huge block of dry ice that's just going to melt and turn into gas, and I probably only need about a baseball-sized piece to do a couple of buckets for me. Well, somebody recently told me, and I'm going to check on this, hand warmers. If you go into the hunting section or the camping section, you can buy those hand warmers. And if you just take your bucket, put all your stuff in there, and activate one of those hand warmers, and throw it in the bucket, and seal it, supposedly it's the same thing as a desiccant packet, and it will dissipate the oxygen that is in that bucket, and preserve your bucket. Those hand warmers are like a dollar for four of them. That's four buckets. So, needless to say, every time I go into Walmart, I'm going to clear the shelves of all of their hand warmers because at least for a little while so yes I'm going to be hoarding hand warmers if you go to Walmart and you don't see hand warmers it's my fault um, so just keep your mind open keep expanding keep listening keep probing I mean go to YouTube uh, get on Pinterest uh, get on Facebook and type in preparedness uh, these are all great resources uh to look at and to gather information and ideas. Uh, Super Dave beats me up because I've got all this great information that I've downloaded and I've looked at and I've turned it into Word documents and whatever. And then I put it in your binder. Put it in your binder. You have a hard copy of all of your stuff. So I hope that this helps some people out. Um, again, this is really kind of a how to get started in prepping, how to get your thought process down. Um, Hopefully this is not a hobby. It becomes a lifestyle because it will become a very stress-free lifestyle. You won't worry about things as much. So, uh, well, there you go. Uh, that's kind of a preppers and corp versus corporations, uh, kind of how I think they're very similar. Um, and I hope this helped out. So uh, keep prepping away, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, Joe. That was good. You know, I've listened to that twice. The first time, I got some really good ideas out of it. The second time, it made me start thinking of how to implement the good ideas that he talked about into my own life and my own preparations. So I encourage you to do the same thing. You might want to listen to this more than once. I, in fact, I hope you listen to some of these shows more than once because, you know, repetition is the mother of learning. And it's amazing. You know, the, the first time I hear something, I typically just kind of soak it all in and trying to get the point of what the speaker is trying to get out there. I try to understand, okay, what is his or her point? The second time I listen to something, I'm trying to figure out ways I can use it. 
And I don't know about you, but I, I, I have a hard time doing both. I have a hard time understanding the whole message and figuring out how to use it. So what I have to do is I have to listen to something and then think about it for a day or two and come back a couple days later and listen to it again. Maybe you might need to do that with this one. But hope you got a lot out of it. Hope you start treating your preps and running your family as a business. You and your spouse, if you have one, you're the CEOs of your corporation. And that corporation is your family. You'll notice a huge change in your life and in your family life if you start to run it like a profitable business. So good job, Joe. Great idea. Great idea for a weekly podcast. And I'm going to give him tons of credit. He goes by Mexican Joe on our forum. And by the way, speaking of our forum, we'd love to have you join today's Survival Show Forum where you can connect with other listeners to this show that have terrific ideas on modern survivalism and prepping and things like that. Just go to my website, todayssurvival.com. Click the forum button at the top of the a page in the menu. After you register, please email me. This is how I keep spammers away. Email me at bob at todayssurvival.com. There's two S's in that address. Bob at todayssurvival.com. Tell me you've signed up and tell me what username you used and I'll get your account approved in less than 24 hours. Usually probably within a few hours I'll do that. But I'd appreciate it if you join our forum and do that. That's completely free. If you like what I do on this show and the guests that I have, if you want to support my efforts, one way you can support this show without spending any extra money is to use my Amazon link whenever you're going to buy something on Amazon. I have an affiliate program with Amazon, and I get paid a little bit of a fee. It's turned out pretty good. There's quite a few of you that are doing it. Thank you very much. I appreciate the support. I see the orders that come through. I don't get a chance to see the names of people or any emails, but I do see what people are ordering and uh, and how many orders are coming through, and it's it's going quite well. So you can go to my Amazon store at todayssurvival.com. That's todayssurvival.com with two S's. You'll see in the menu, you'll see Amazon store. It'll give you a link. Click that link. And go into Amazon using my link on the store. And then I'll get credit for... And you might want to bookmark that. And I'll get credit for your purchases. Or if you want to buy one of Glenn Tate's books. Now, his newest book, The 17th Irregulars, is out. Book 6. If you want to buy that or buy some of the older books, I'm on the cover of Book 5. If you want to do that, go to my recommended books page at todayssurvival.com. And you can click one of those links, and I'll get a little bit of credit doing that. So, Or check out my uh, Everyday Carry store that's on my website. And last but not least, I've had several of you lately invest in a uh, copy of my Survival Champions Club podcasts. I've put together some premium podcasts, and they're pretty cool. Most of them are interviews with people that you've heard on this show on some excellent prepping ideas. And if you go to todayssurvival.com and you look on the right-hand side, you'll see where it says Survival Champions Club. Click that that drop-down arrow and you can get a good idea of what the shows are all about. You can also click my Survival Champions Club page. You can get the whole collection for $75 or you can invest $25 for each one, whatever you can afford. That will also help support my show. And then once you do that, I will email you a link where you can download your premium podcasts and that's a way to support my show with all that said folks thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of today's survival show it's my goal here 
to help you do what you can with what you have wherever you are, ultimately strengthening your resolve. Thanks for tuning in for another week. I'll catch you next week. Goodbye.